Our scripture lesson this morning is from Psalm 86, verses 1 through 10 and 16 and 17. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord. For to you do I cry all day long, gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ye, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In a day of trouble, of my trouble, sorry, I call on you, for you will answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and bow down before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great, and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Turn to me, and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your servant girl. Show me a sign of your favor, so that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame. Because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Brett, for that inspired reading. And let's pray. We thank you, holy God, that you have called us to this place today and you've called us to hear your word and also to offer all that we are unto you. And we pray, Lord, that in these moments we'll, we'll commune with you, we'll hear a word from you, we'll sense your spirit and your love in, in a way that we dearly need it. And so, Lord, to that end, may these words I'm about to speak point back to your word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For it is in his precious name that we pray. Amen. God, are you listening? Amidst the brokenness and the need and the hurt that our world overflows with, those who ache, mourning the death of a loved one or are ill and waiting for answers when we call out to you, are you listening? When those hundreds of immigrants looking for a better life and a new start filled a boat way beyond its intended capacity and that boat sank, and in terror, they drowned off the shore of Greece and cried out to you for mercy and protection. Were you listening? As our world gave so much attention to the five men, adventurers, risk takers, all of significant financial means stuck on the ocean floor, literally miles from the surface with oxygen running out and hope of a rescue slipping away, and they cried out to you, Lord, for deliverance, for daylight, for rescue. 
Were you listening? And as we gather together this morning in your name, in your house, and offer our prayers to you, our prayers of confession and thanksgiving and intercession, our hymns of praise, are you listening? Friends, I wonder, do you pray? If you do, what kind of things do you pray for? And do you believe God hears your prayers? Do you believe God answers your prayers? They are some of the ultimate theological questions. Does God answer prayer? And how does God answer prayer? I heard a television preacher tell the story of his mother praying for a swimming pool. And lo and behold, a man showed up at the church saying that God had told him to give her a new swimming pool. Is that how it works? If God answered her prayer for a swimming pool, why did God not answer the prayer of the parent asking for their child's leukemia to be healed? Or a spouse praying for their husband or wife to be well? Why does it sometimes appear that God offers grace one moment and withholds it the next? Do we sometimes think of prayer as if we are writing a letter to Santa Claus to get him to fulfill our wish list or making an appointment with our doctor to get her to write a prescription for what ails us? Is that what prayer is? Now, our scripture for today, Psalm 86, is a psalm of lament. It's a prayer bringing the fullness of the psalmist's needs and sorrow and longings to Almighty God. If you were raised being taught to be strong and stoic, to be tough, to not ever complain or explain, it may surprise you to learn that there's a whole category of prayer in the Bible that are prayers of complaint. For there come those times when there's nothing left to do but weep and to communicate that despair and distress to Almighty God. And so if you ever fall on your knees in despair before God, if you ever shake your fist in anger at God, if you ever weep before God, you're in good company. Here's how the writer of Psalm 86 communicates his lament. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Show me a sign of your favor, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Nothing stoic here, no one trying to deal with their anguish and pain all on their own. With honesty and vulnerability, the person offering the prayer brings all that they are before God. I am poor and needy. 
I cry all day long. Save me. Answer me. Did you notice how the psalmist praises God for the gift of salvation already received and then asks for salvation? Lord, you've helped and comforted me in the past. In this moment, save your servant who trusts in you. Sounds like some prayers I've prayed. Thank you, God, for teaching me your way. And then in the next breath, teach me your way, God. Teach me. I have known your love, and I need to come to know of it all over again. And so to pray, whether individually or collectively as a community, it's a bold expression of our faith. We do it so often, it might almost seem like an ordinary routine thing for us. But it's a bold statement of faith. It's a bold expression of confidence to believe that the author of creation, the giver and sustainer of all of life, the one who is without beginning and without end, hears our prayers. Do you dare believe that God hears the prayers that you pray? I wonder, how's your hearing? Is it as good as it used to be? I have a cochlear implant, and when I'm at a meeting or at the dinner table and there are a number of people speaking all at the same time, it's hard for me to hear them clearly. I wonder if anyone else in the sanctuary can relate to that. Do you ever wonder how in the world Almighty God is able to distinguish all of our human voices and prayers as the countless millions of prayers and utterances are offered unto God. If five people were talking to you at the same time, I bet you'd have at least some trouble making sense of it all. Yet God is able to lovingly engage with an unlimited number of us with attentiveness and care and mercy. As young children, what sweeter gift is there than to know that our parents are listening to us, our, our questions, our hurts, our laughter, they're listening. Sometimes when a parent is tired or distracted, their child says, Mommy, Daddy, are you listening? Have you ever heard those words? And have you ever maybe spoken them yourselves, perhaps spoken them to God. God, are you listening to me? It's the question that the psalmist asks this morning. In his beautiful book entitled Spiritual Formation, Henry Nouwen writes, in the midst of a busy schedule of activities, healing suffering people, casting out devils, responding to impatient disciples, traveling from town to town, preaching from synagogue to synagogue. We find these quiet words. In the morning, long before dawn, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. Now and says, the more I read the, 
It's this nearly silent sentence locked in between the loud words of action. The more I have the sense that the secret of Jesus' ministry is hidden in that lonely place where he went to pray early in the morning before dawn. In the lonely place, Jesus finds the courage to follow God's will, not his own, to speak God's word, not his own, to do God's work and not his own. It is in the lonely place where Jesus enters into intimacy with the Father that his ministry is born. For God meets him there. God speaks his word and God listens there. In Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, people he cared for dearly who were being pressured to conform to the ways of the world and turn away from their devoted faith in God, he writes, rejoice always, whatever your condition, whatever your outward situation, pray without ceasing. Paul knew that prayer would build them up, build within them a sense of their identity as God's people and a joyful confidence of God's presence with them. They were in trouble. They were under attack. And he writes, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. There's a story told about a Jewish farmer who ended up stuck in his field for the Sabbath. As the sun went down, the farmer realized he would have to remain in the field until sunset the next day, for according to the laws of the Sabbath, travel was prohibited. This resulted in him missing both the synagogue services and his family's Seder meal. And arriving home the next evening, he was met by his angry wife and a fuming rabbi. The rabbi began to lay into the farmer for not taking the Sabbath more seriously. Finally, he asked, what did you do in the field all day by yourself? Did you at least pray? Rabbi, the farmer answered, I'm not a very smart man. I don't know many prayers. All the prayers I know, I said in five minutes. What I did the rest of the day was simply recite the alphabet. I left it up to God to make words out of all those letters. <laughs> Sometimes we don't pray because we don't believe we are eloquent or faithful or smart enough to pray. Have you ever felt that way? Has that ever stopped you from praying? If it has, it might be time to let go of that bias and to bring before God the fullness of who you are, all of it, even if your prayers feel incomplete. With the tenderness and care of a faithful parent, God hears and God answers our prayers. Our prayers are not always answered in the precise way we want or in the time frame that we request. And our prayers are not always answered with the clarity that we might prefer. But God answers our prayers in God's way, with God's love, 
as part of God's larger purpose and with the timing God intends, I know it to be true. Incline your, he- your ear, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.